Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of the TV Black Box, the real reason two influencers quit Channel 9's The Block just two days in, why not all is as it seems with Nigella on 7's My Kitchen Rules, and just why is Generation Z watching TV with captions? This one is actually very interesting. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box, the podcast. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight. You can find me at Rob underscore McKnight on Twitter. We'll meet the panel in just a moment. But first, it was during this week in television history that hearts broke around the world as one of TV's hottest couples announced their split. She'll make me happy each time I hold her and I will follow where my heart may lead. In 2015, Miss Piggy took to Twitter to announce that she and Kermit the Frog had gone their separate ways. The pair vowed to continue to work together on television but revealed they would now be seeing other people, pigs or frogs, and requested privacy, concluding this would be their only comment on the matter unless they were given the right offer. Sounds familiar. (laughs) All right, let's meet the panel. In the hot seat tonight, we've got the viewer's advocate, Mulk. Hello, Mulk. I think you'll find they consciously uncoupled, Rob. Good evening. Ah. And frog doesn't go with pork. Uh, David Robinson, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Great to be with you. I remember the wedding between... Miss Piggy and Kermit mm. on the Muppets Take Manhattan. It was beautiful. Also, if you want to see what happens when Miss Piggy and Kermit uh, come together in a special embrace, watch Family Guy. They've got a lovely clip about what happens. I'll put that oh, on my Twitter. Dear. Just all of Family Guy, Robbo? No, no, just the clip I mentioned there, Mark. Uh, just the, uh, the Kermit and Miss Piggy when they mate. Uh, That'll be your next binge box. Can't wait for that. Philip Kosh. Uh, New Idea Writer, Woman's Day, many other publications. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Rob. And TV Black Box writer, Matthew Simmons. Hello, Matthew. Hello, and I don't care about the Muppets, so nice <gasps> to be here. You're, you're too young. <laughs> and it's time to welcome this week's special guest, hot on the heels of the big Neighbours finale. It's none other than Melissa Bell. Hello, Melissa. Hooray. Welcome to the Thank podcast. Thank you. Hello, guys. How are you? G'day, Belly. How um, are you? It's been a long it, time. It has. That's... <laughs> is that your way of making it seem like you have a big long friendship, Robert? We, we've been... No, because last time, last time you jumped in the pool, didn't you? <gasps> Billy yes. watched the tapes. No, I oh, was Billy there. I no, was she there. was with us, Robbo. In, all right, well, in three, two. No, and no, Billy, no, you, you were there. Pick up on that <laughs> you were there, which was fantastic. Melissa was with us on the live episode of the Ben Robin Robbo yes. show when we did it from the caravan That's park. Right. I mean, for God's sake. 
this internet show did a lot. But, Mel, Melissa, you were there when we did uh, From the it Caravan Park. It did a lot, Park. Rob. Uh, what it didn't do is pay. But uh, it did a lot of other things, though, so that's fantastic. Yeah, I was I was there with you guys live. Yes. Did you get paid, and, Billy? And, and made it rest did, in peace. Did the check clear? No, it's a labour of love. <laughs> sure. It was certainly a labour. So your invoice didn't get paid either? Yeah. <laughs> No. I make no promises and then I don't let people down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, it's outside of appearing on the Ben Robin Robbo show, one of your other projects has been Neighbours and uh, I'm yes. not sure which one's more high profile, but it has been a big week of Neighbours and they both have something in common. They've both now been cancelled. So... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but Neighbours ran for 37 years. Okay, Billy, all right. Meow. Well played indeed. That's a good innings. Oh, this is going to be a good episode. Don't worry, the Ben, Uh, Robin, Robbo show felt like it went for 37 (laughs) years as well. (laughs) Hey, we had had cast changes. The role of Ben Norris was eventually played by Angelie Rao. There was so much going on. But anyway, Melissa. Yes. um, it's certainly been a roller coaster ride the last few weeks, hasn't it? Because yeah. the outpouring of love for neighbours has been phenomenal. Well, I think they've received 1.2 million viewers, which is the mm-hmm. highest in a decade. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's been it's been great, and I, I think it went out in a, in a really good way with everyone coming back, and and it did have the highest ratings it's had um, in in a decade. So that's yeah. awesome. Everyone tuned in, but we really needed them before. Yes, <laughs> it was a fascinating episode, especially when you consider. And this will be our TV binge box, so we won't focus on the episode so much. Okay. But did you know? Um, how Kylie and Jason were being integrated into the final scene, into the final <laughs> episodes, or did you really find that out on, on when you watched it? I knew beforehand there was talk of it, but I think it was very sort of undercover. Um, there were fake scripts. There was a fake call sheet. Really? Um, it was all undercover. Everyone would have wanted to be there with yeah. Kylie and Jason on that shoot day. Yeah. So there were fake call sheets to make sure people didn't know they were coming. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Even a fake, even a fake script, I think, was set out, sent out, um, and the crew turned up, and it's like, okay, no, nope, this is what we're shooting, so everyone gets the real scenes for the day and and the real call sheets. So there we go. Oh wow, that's fascinating. So I've only I've only listened to the audio version of the finale of Neighbours. I so I had no idea that Kylie Minogue was even there. Oh, oh what? Because she only said five words. I, that was less than that, Billy. She only said one word and I think she went, ah, oh, Harold. Hello, Governor. That's what she said at least twice. Home sweet home. She also said Jane and Mike, Robbo, don't be rude. We don't know, though. I'm going to save that for you for the TV binge box because there are reports. That it's they, kind of like she was a little bit hesitant, it. wasn't it? It kind of felt like he was right into it. Yeah, get over what? it, sweetheart. No, not, not you, Belly. I'm oh, talking about no. Minogue. No, Belly, no. I was about wait, to wait, take wait, off wait. my headphones and shut my laptop No, no, Belly, Belly hey, we, we go back a long way, don't we, Belly? But I was talking about Minogue. <laughs> to the in, pool days. In, uh, uh, hush on that. We'll talk about that off air. Uh, 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 don't worry about that. That's an old John O'Common joke. <laughs> this is all good, Rob. Keep it. <laughs> <laughs> 
right. Including we that will part. talk more about the Neighbours finale okay. in the big okay. box a little bit. Oh, my God. You terrible. All right. Let's move on because this is derailing fast. So let's get into the TV news topics of the week. And the news that My Kitchen Rules would be returning was only made sweeter when celebrity chef Nigella Lawson was announced as the show's judge alongside Manu Fidel. But it seems the queen of the kitchen will not be on our screens for very long. The Australian has revealed that Nigella will only appear for the first round of the show on less than half of the 16-episode season before being replaced by Matt Preston. Phil... The announcement, the teasers for this show. If this is true, they've certainly been misleading. I don't blame Seven because she's a big sell. Do you think people will be upset when she suddenly disappears? Yes, I will be. I love Nigella. (laughs) I've got every one of her cookbooks over the years and... I'm only going to tune in and watch it because she's there, but now you've told me she's only doing half the season. I'm disappointed. <laughs> and, and, Phil, is this all a bit smoke and mirrors <laughs> from Channel 7, Phil? Oh, well, look, who knows? That's the point of smoke and mirrors. I I, I, I was excited to hear Nadella was on it. I thought that was a way to reinvent the show, which, as we know, sort of turned a lot, a lot of people off um, towards its end and all the crazy stuff with Pete Evans, blah, blah, blah. Um, I actually ran into Nigella in Bondi years ago when she was famously photographed wearing that black burqa. When I ran into her, I saw her across the street <laughs> and I had no idea until I saw it in the newspaper that the woman in the burqa was Nigella Lawson. So, you know, uh, it's my own touch with fame. What can I say? Oh, what do you reckon, Robbo? Are people going to be upset? Is this bad form from Seven or a masterstroke? It's certainly not a stroke in any... Well, it's a stroke of a certain kind, but not the good kind, if you know what I'm talking about, Rob. I think that, honestly, you drop... you drop some of the other talent, really, to afford to pay for Nigella for the whole season. So, look... I, I think there is certainly a lot of fat to cut off in that show. And I think that uh, if you've got Nigella Lawson, which is a huge, really a huge booking, you, you try and kind of funnel as much money as you could to get her to stay uh, for longer than that. I think that any other name on that show, I've already forgotten. Okay. And I think you might have said it in the intro. And we certainly saw it on tvblackbox.com.au, uh, the number one source for uh, news and television. Um, but I think that you'd funnel more money to get the big name. People want to see Nigella. And and in the promos, you see the the contestants are so excited about her walking in the door. No one else. Spot on. Just her walking in the door. So take some of that money and just make her the star of the show. But But then the money they've spent achieves the goal, doesn't it? Uh, no, because I think what you'll find is that a lot of people will go, well, I thought that Nigella Lawson was part of this series. We know that Seven needs MKR to work. We know that they're saying big time that it's not the old one, it's a new one. This is all very different. Mm. And I think that's the big People big are going to feel here. cheated. That's, I agree with Belly. I think that, that the they're going to feel cheated. Yeah, 100%. This is just like that time at Christmas where your parents wrapped a shitty book inside a box that would have been like the games console you wanted or the, you know, the Barbie dollhouse or the whatever it was, right? Mulkey, you're right. You're absolutely right. Hmm. And look, on one hand, from a publicity point of view, 
column inches written, right? Nigella is helping launch MKR. They have completely rebranded. It's not my kitchen rules. They're trying to keep it just about the food and the cooking. Um, however, for Nigella to only be a part of it for less than half of the already halved run, so it's a shorter run, way shorter than the past couple of years or seasons of it has been, um, is, is really important. It makes out, certainly all of the promotion makes out like Manu and Nigella are the hosts. They're in for the long haul. That's the deal. Mm. And to have at some point Nigella be magically explained away like she was never there is, look, disingenuous. They're not watching for Manu. They're absolutely no. not. They're watching for and Nigella Lawson. That's neither for Matt Preston, quite politely. They're exactly. They're not watching for any of them. They're watching for her. Look at the promo the promo maker's face. He is not happy with all of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, I've got to say, no, I appreciate it because your your valid statements have really made me form the opinion that I think Channel 7 are on to a winner here because what they've done oh. <laughs> is no. what you absolutely just explained is that Nigella is a pull. So if you can only mm. get her for eight episodes out of 16, then well, it's totally worth it for all the column inches, for all the publicity. Everyone wants to see Nigella. If that's all she would commit to, we don't know how they're going to explain it. So it, it might be um, explained in such a way that it makes perfect sense. You know what? I think it's a masterstroke and they've done what they can to get bums on seats to view the new format which is a hard thing to do to get people to go back to a format. Nigella mm. will pull them in and yeah, then the show has to sell format. itself. It's not a new format. The first episodes that we're going to see of them cooking in the home is what the start of Master My Kitchen Rules was has been since time immemorial. Okay, this a revitalised format. Let's see what they no, do. No. That what they're going to do is they're going to watch for the first eight episodes and fall away. They're then going to be given some kind of weird explanation as to why she's not there. And then they will not watch the all-important and the only judged thing about this production is the finale. And it will not be as big as it could have been if she was still part of it. Except if they're already Mm. invested. All right. This week there was concern that a big new show coming to Channel 7 might be impacted by the US version being cancelled before shooting had even begun. Million Dollar Island, which TV Black Box exclusively reported was coming to Channel 7 in Australia, saw its American version suddenly axed. US network NBC pulled the plug for unknown reasons, although it has been reported that its supersized budget may be to blame. And there's a little bit more detail on tvblackbox.com.au about the person who made the decision and her subsequently leaving NBCU. But such news raised questions in the Australian television industry as to whether the same fate would be dealt by Seven. However, exclusively revealed by TV Blackbox again, it turns out Seven's executives only found out about the American cancellation once we contacted them. They revealed that the version in Australia of the series is self-contained and that the local producers were not relying on sharing resources with NBC. The show is confirmed to be going ahead 100%. But, Matthew, it's not uncommon for Australian productions to jump on the back of American versions to bring down the costs. I thought that might be a factor in play with Million Dollar Island. And so interesting that Seven aren't relying on NBC or any American partner whatsoever. And you know what? Good for them. To the, to their credit, it shows that they're investing in it and that they're relying on it. I think we've theorised or it's been talked about. This is the the show that might show up shape up against um, Married at First Sight. So if, if if that's the case, you want to have something big and bold, something that can take on a juggernaut mm. like that. So even if it's not, 
good news for Seven that they're not going to share resources from anyone and, and just stick with it. It shows that they're uh, really investing their ideas into it and hoping it'll be a winner just um, from their own merit. Well, it's interesting that I know with Holy Moly, some of the Seven crew were a bit burnt about sharing resources because the American team really just didn't give a crap about what the Aussies were doing. And yes, we had COVID, but they were washed out. There were so many problems that, which is why Seven decided to build it here. Um, so maybe Seven have just gone, going forward, we just rely on ourselves. And if we can't do it ourselves, Mog, we don't do it. Well, and, and it's it's a it's a fair decision to make. It's certainly an expensive one because there are lots of cost savings to be made if you you know bump in off the back of another, certainly off the back of the American production because they would have all of the infrastructure in place. You would have certainly a whole bunch of crew that you could access and and possibly even bring it in the same fashion. Um, so it's going to be a hefty bill at the end of it for Seven to deliver it. Good on them for backing themselves. Um, though I, I would suggest it might be a bit smoke and mirrors of them to say that um, oh, they were always going to do it off their own back anyway because guaranteed they would want to find cost savings in every opportunity they can. Well, I was the one from TV Black Box talking to Seven about this and I can say that straight from the get-go, even once they found out NBC had made this news, because it happened pretty early. I know sure. it sounds um, a bit whatever for them to find out from us but it was a breaking story and and we monitor these things closely uh and when we contacted them they were like oh really oh no it doesn't affect us at all like it was it was just not even a thing can i can i can i say great get on that though i love it when i read an article that goes the, the publication has told the executives the news which i thought was a great get rob Really, really well done. Uh, I'm going to go back I, to I was the... about to say, Mog actually found the story. I was just the one who followed it up. In three, two. <laughs> I love Belly. I remember her from the swimming pool episode. She's amazing. I've just followed her on Twitter. Also, um, uh, oh, Mulkey, I awesome. hope I get a follow back, uh, that Mulkey yep. discovered that story, back. but Rob wrote it, um, which is amazing. What I will go back to, though, is that I'm going to say it here again for the fifth time, Million Dollar Island will not rate. And NBC has agreed with Robbo on this one uh, and we're in sync. It will not rate. It will do nothing for seven. And I will put money on the fact, Rob, $5, uh, $2.50. Uh, <laughs> Can you afford that, Robbo? $2. Uh, $2. And if I could get a loan from you to pay it, uh, this show will not make it to seven when they say it will. It won't happen. It will not be broadcast on Australian television by an Australian television. <laughs> oh, I'll network. take that bet. It is 100% happening. Seven will have a lot of egg on their face. It's happening, Robbo. You $2. Can... It's not. <gasps> Abby, make note of this time code. It's not happening, and we just raised it to $100. <laughs> oh, right if, Channel, if Channel 7 don't want it, I'm sure Channel 10 might pick it up. That's what happened with Neighbours. That's, that's true. That's what happened with Neighbours. Seven had yeah. it. Went, oh, we don't mm -hmm. want this. And at and the 6.30pm slot on 10 Peach. And, and two, <laughs> I want to know how I can get on it. Ah. We, we're going to we get go. you on it, Belly. A fun fact for everyone, when it moved from 7 to 10, 7 was unhappy about it, so 7 burnt and destroyed all the sets. They so did. So that 10 didn't have it. There's a little fact for you. Yes, that, that is a fun fact. That Thank is you, Belly. And, Matthew, correct. I know you're too young to remember, but Neighbours was actually on the main channel because we didn't have digital channels back <laughs> yeah. then. <laughs> while, while That's being, back in the day when it was yeah. actually What's racing? Channel 10? I only know 10 Peach and 10 Bowl. That's <laughs> while, while we're being condescending, Matt, uh, Neighbours was a soap opera that ran for 37 years. 
Wow. All right. Yep. Closed captions were once a tool mostly used by people who were hard of hearing. But now more and more people, particularly younger audiences, are turning on subtitles as part of their regular viewing habits. A study has found that 80% of people aged 18 to 34 use subtitles some or all of the time. This has been attributed to changes in audio mixing, increased consumption of international and foreign works, and even possibly allowing people to read the sentence ahead and then look back down at their phones. Melissa, do you watch television with the subtitles on? Um, no, I find it annoying. I don't. Okay. I've got to say. So I find it hard to watch a foreign film with subtitles because I'm like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, because you're looking, you're reading, and then you're, then you're watching the performance, yep. and I'm thinking, hang on, this is too much. Well, I've got to say, with Squid Game, I started watching the overdub version, and I found the acting terrible. Mm. And I went, I'm going to try it with subtitles listening to the foreign language. It was so much better because you could actually get a feel for the performances. But yeah. there are some things on the streaming services, especially dramas, where we will find we, we will say we can't understand what they're saying because the actors are speaking really softly, the music's very loud, and yes. we just go, we actually have to put the subtitles on to understand what's going on here. Philip, do you find yourself mm. doing that? Or am I the only person who does that? Uh, <laughs> well, no, I... I, I watch foreign films with subtitles and I find that very easy. I don't understand this argument that putting subtitles on helps you multitask. If you're looking at your phone, you can't be reading subtitles. Surely it's easier just to do the old-fashioned thing and listen to it while you check the, your no, phone. They, so, they no, they are listening. I've done a bit of research on this, I've got to say. I've got to tell you, this story <laughs> came from 3AW and they gave me a call and they were talking about it on Tom Elliott's program and then I started doing some research and it's actually fascinating because um, basically what people are doing, these these younger people in Matthew's demographic, and I, I want to come to you in a moment, Matthew, and find out whether you're doing this, and they will have the subtitles on, they'll be using their phone listening and then sometimes just look up, read the sentence ahead, go back to their phone. It's not so subtitles sort of a, work. Yes, yeah, sometimes subtitles are ahead of the um, audio. Absolutely, Mulk. That is 100% a thing. You can often read ahead of what they're saying. Only within the scope of the sentence they're saying. It's not like I'm going to say a thing and they've put up the sentence that I'm about to say and then then I say it. No, but you can still read the end of the sentence before they've said it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Play on. Yeah. I think it's also about very insular Americans. You know, I can't understand the Australian accent. Mm. I can't understand the English accent. Ah, well, I've got some more research on that. <laughs> out of accents. This is going to be a great question for Matthew. Out of accents. No, we'll get to Matthew in a bit. But out of accents, this is an American survey by Preply. What accent do you think Americans find the hardest to understand? And this is by 50%. British. No. Scottish. Ah, Philip. Okay, the new 50%. They can't understand the Scottish accent. And then, uh, cool boy, governor. Uh, British oh, is at 17%. If this is just accents. a ploy to let Rob do his accents, then this whole so, thing needs no, no. to be cut. He is known throughout the land for his accent work. <laughs> the wonderful thing about it is you never quite know what country he's doing, even when he tells you he tells the country prior to the accent work. We all live for it and we appreciate it. Thank you, Rob. 
And this next one is also on 17%. To be sure, to be sure. Yes, oh. the Irish. Oh, <laughs> and, and there's one here, the South African accent, which even I'm not game enough to try, is <laughs> on 10%. Australia, only 4% of Americans can't understand us, but 2% of Americans can't understand the American South. It's mm. interesting. Matthew, do you listen, do you use subtitles? This has been the longest build-up to my question, I think. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, very, very funny story. As the Gen Z delegate, um, when I was young, like in school, so you know, a few years ago, aren't you still? Um, yeah, when I, when about like when I was like a kid, I, I don't. I think like I'm an adult now. I'm 21. So oh, he's a big boy. Hey, everyone, a little boy's growing up. He's a big boy. Let's not make fun of, of Matthew here. He is an adult like the rest of us. <laughs> um, when I was particularly on, in high boy. school and I think beforehand, uh, I used to religiously put subtitles on and it, it like my parents would notice it. They go, why do you put it on? It was the option that I would go for. And if a movie like on a DVD didn't have subtitles, it would really disappoint me and I'd be pissed off with the whole thing. However, moving into the streaming world and watching stuff on netflix a lot more religiously than dvds i don't do it anymore and i don't know why i feel like that's an odd thing because a lot of the start I'm, I'm taking the 18 to 25 year old gap uh, age gap of people that have subtitles would be watching them on streaming services but it's not actually something that i do hey matt um what's a dvd <laughs> that thing um it's got lots of little discs um, throw it in well matthew i can tell you 80 percent of your peers in the 18 to 24 age bracket are using subtitles and for the 56 to 75 it's 23 percent i use subtitles do you use subtitles give us a call on 1300 tv black jesus Uh (laughs) i also use them all the time robo my wife uh got us into it when the our children who are now teenagers were very young because it allowed us to keep the television down really mm. low so as to not disturb the children yeah, and yeah. allowed us to focus on the television that we were yeah. trying to watch okay, and do Mark, those you've got a things. partner. Okay, yeah, it's great you've got well, a well, partner. Robo, I mean, we're not, we're not all lucky enough to have a partner. Robo, I, I don't want to disappoint you, but I've had sex twice. <gasps> Me too. Uh-oh. Hooray! All right. When it comes to raunchy, controversial and live dating programming, there's no show quite like Love Island in the reality TV market. A huge program overseas, the UK version of the series has seemingly caught some unwanted attention. Now it's been revealed, UK broadcaster ITV is planning an editorial review of the dating series after it drew a large number of formal complaints. In the last two weeks alone, the show attracted 5,623 complaints to media regulator Ofcom. Most are related to alleged bullying and misogynistic behaviour from some of the male contestants. Kevin Ligo, the managing director of ITV Studios, said that while the people behind the show are happy and proud of the current season's success, he confirmed that executives will sit down and review what they think about it, what the reaction's been, and how well it's performed. Now, this is interesting, Philip, because I think there's a uh, we can sort of bring this back to Married at First Sight. Over the years, there has been some commentary about the way they behaved and bullying types' behaviour. We saw that with Dom this year and allegations of bullying with Olivia. Um, Do you think, going forward, these reality shows, still very successful, have a place with this kind of behaviour or will they have to be changed and risk the rating success? Uh, No, I don't think anyone's going to change a format that's going to put ratings at risk. 
5 million people are watching that show every day in the UK, which is an extraordinary figure yeah. even for the UK. Um, so, no, and bullying and other issues that come up on these fake reality shows, um, they're dealt with in social media. You know, there's an instant explosion of criticism and debate. So in some ways I think it actually puts it on the agenda for people. So I'm not saying they're an educational tool, but... No, I don't see them changing would be the simple answer. Melissa, do you watch these type of programs? Actually, my brother was on Love Island. Hey. <laughs> what? Yeah, I think this is about three years ago now. Yes, so that was his first um, attempt at reality um, TV. And how did he find um, it? Yeah, quite quite a unique sort of experience. Um yeah, he, he, he actually liked it. He liked it. So he didn't yeah. come away with complaints about the editing or anything like that? No, no. A, a lot of these reality <laughs> contestants try to blame their bad behaviour. I don't behavior know, I haven't asked him about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you watch it and did you find it a little confronting seeing him getting it on I, with people? Well, I did I did watch it. Um, yeah, I did watch it because he was on it. Um, so he, I thought he did. I thought he did really well, and it was like, oh, there he is, you know, making out with that one and that one. Kiss and- that girl hard, <laughs> yeah. Woo! Like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it was like, oh, um, but I, I don't think I don't think they'll change like the format. It works. So why would they um, change anything? And and like Phil said, they deal with it um, in social media. I agree 100% with Belly because the thing is television only has morals when it affects ratings. Mm. Yeah. If it doesn't yes. affect the ratings, there are no morals involved. Mm. Yes. They will write it out until the point where it goes down in the ratings and then all of a sudden, mm. oh, we're going to look in. No, no, we're going to look at the production. We're going to look into ourselves. Mm. Oh, we've done the wrong thing. Oh, no, we're, we're learning from this experience. Why didn't you learn from it when it was still rating at five million? As uh, oh no, they did learn. They learned that it rated well and they kept that, doing that's it. That's what I'm saying, though. <laughs> but that, that, but that's the thing. The moment it drops down, you'll see any network, any channel in the world go. Actually, you know what? Yeah, no, that was really wrong. Uh, mm. And we've discovered that only within the last season because it rated less uh, than everything else. That's that's the, the reality mm. of it. Television does not have morals, so this kind of rubbish. Um, virtue signalling from any television station in the world is absolute bullshit. Would you be saying mm. that they're woke, Dave? Uh, w- 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 a couple of things. I wouldn't say Dave and I wouldn't say woke. Uh, <laughs> but that's uh, just a couple of things. Just kidding, Malky. Just There was a joke there. Uh, uh, we're going. Rob, what, are, what else have you got for us, mate? Well, there's been a lot of choice in reality TV market nowadays, but for super fans, it's becoming increasingly easier to sniff out the cream of the crop. Now, we've talked extensively on this podcast about just how some reality shows are not like they used to be, and now some Aussie TV viewers think they've found out the reason why. While some viewers and critics have blamed reality TV fatigue for the drop-off in interest, a growing number of people say that's not the only problem. According to some, reality shows are going downhill because the people that participate are chasing the chance to be Instagram famous. We know producers are not shy to cast people who already have a social media following, but even those that aren't at first recognisable are spawning careers as mega social influencers. 
Will reality TV ever be as good as it once was? Matthew, you're big into the reality TV. Have you noticed a drop in quality of the contestants? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we. I think the, the difference now is, uh, someone please remind me the name, Blair, I want to say Mc, McDonough, McDonough. On, on, McDonough on Big Brother. So when you used to be on these reality TV shows and you would get famous, and I know it's not Instagram famous, but famous nevertheless, become an actor, th- it, it felt like a, a rare occurrence, right? Because um, it's like it was something that just happened to spawn for someone like Blair. But now it's more so... It, we've all figured it out. We've all figured out that, oh, hold on, you can be like an Abby Chatfield and you can make a career. So now the people that are, are getting cast, they're aware of it, so that's what they're trying. Like It, it kind of, it, it's like what, what you, when you fool someone once, you understand, but after a few seasons, people are going to pick up what's going to happen. But I do have a theory mm. as to why these people keep getting cast, and it's because... Actors, wannabe actors and wannabe models know how to manipulate casting producers into giving them what they want. Your average Joe Blow might say something that the casting producer goes, oh, well, that's not, you know, we don't think we can sway you on this or make you go that way. But wannabe actors, wannabe models, anyone that wants to be in the media sphere, they're the ones that are going to give producers what they want. So they end up getting cast and then potentially they behave differently on the show to then fit their ulterior motive of getting famous so that's just my theory and that's why we keep seeing them on these shows is because they are the ones that play the game before the show starts it's not just solely your average joe blow they they don't fit the criteria that the producers want anymore that's interesting malt there's certainly been a big drop off on the reality tv shows is it because there's an um lack of authenticity in the cast now uh i I think there's a, a a lot of cynicism about casting now when it comes to reality television. We were only ever going to get the first two or three years of any reality show, and certainly reality television writ large in Australia, only in those first couple of years were we ever going to get actual human, like people who are in it just for the sake of the show that aren't wanting to do it to grow and build a profile. A friend of mine used to work in radio and uh, regional radio as a presenter, announcer, and he remembers being on a call with a whole bunch of his regional other, you know, people from other stations around the state. And, and someone jokingly said, are we getting together to talk about how to get on the latest series of Insert Reality Program here? There was a whole time, remember, when what you saw pop up was regional radio hosts getting gigs on rea- reality yeah. TV shows because yeah. that was the only way they could get the attention of their superiors to get the high-paying Metro gigs. That's now fallen away because Instagram and, dare I say it now, OnlyFans has reared its head as the way for you to make a living. So how do I get all of my things in front of enough people to, you know, get that first step from nothing to making some money. I go on a reality TV show and I flaunt my wares or I be a bitch or I do whatever I need to do. And then all of a sudden people discover, oh, by the way, they've got a Instagram and their their followers have gone from 500,000 to 17 million. We've talked at length Mm. on this show about how just slotting influencers and YouTube stars into TV shows don't work. And Beauty and the Geek did it just the other day. uh, And it didn't work because it felt you know, wedged in and the audience that follow that reality star don't weren't going to watch Beauty and the Geek anyway. Um, so how do we how do we combat this? Look, dare I say it, we probably need to stop making reality television for a while and that's not going to happen. Mm. I, Mark, I think the problem is also not just the people who are applying, which I agree with Matthew and yourself on the 
points that you that you raised there. It's also to do with the people casting those roles. Sure. Uh, no one who is in casting of these shows uh, live in the real world and they all live in a bubble. They all live in Sydney. They all live in Melbourne in that very <laughs> succinct bubble of where they think uh, people want to see. Now, for the early parts, absolutely, because it was like, uh, you know, a zoo. We, we want to watch these kind of crazy, weird animals that we wish we could see in everyday life, but we can't, but we were given that. The problem is that's a bit old now. Again, I, I've said this on this program many times. In casting shows like this or doing anything within television where you want a larger audience, include people who are mm, real. Yeah. Stop, stop doing the authenticity. Yep. Exactly. Stop having these, these people who live in, you know, the Mossmans of the world, you know, in Sydney and, <laughs> and the Manleys and things like that. Oh. Bondi's. Bondi's, all of those kind of things, you, you've all clues. Get out of that. If you want to cast a show that will work and will cut through, you've got to start thinking differently. And one of those things would be to stop casting the same way and stop casting with the same people. I think it's very interesting. Um, I know we'll, I'll talk about The Block in our Binge Box segment, but one of the most interesting things about this season of The Block is the Instagram couple who left. And we're seeing a lot of reasons, Philip, in the press as to why they left and, you know, um, the executive producer is saying because they had to wear a high-vis vest and I'm calling bullshit on that. I, Having seen the episodes, I will tell you why those that Instagram couple left. They did a room. They expected to be lauded for their design and their style and uh, Shana Blaze comes in and she specifically said in one of the setup packages, I want Shana to come in and see what I'm capable of. And she tore this ladies apart, what, what had happened. And they're there and they turn away from the camera and they have to subtitle it. But she says to him, just keep smiling, just keep smiling and turn back. And she gives this smile and shock her the day after they've gone. Right. And it, absolutely said to me, this couple was just in it to get a name for themselves, expand their business and what they're doing. And the moment they got real criticism that went against their own internal belief and narrative, they ran like the roadrunner. They could not stand it. Yeah. Beep, beep, off they run. They could not stand the truth because they've built up their own perceptions in their heads. They're Mm. outside the realm of reality. Other people on that show sit there. They cop the criticism. They learn from it. But this was a couple who wanted to come in and use this show for their Instagram. And this is the problem when you're getting Instagram people to fill these roles on these reality TV shows, they're... They're as deep as a puddle of water. There's nothing to them. Rob, you've talked about this before, where the Instagram likes do not translate Never. to ratings. You've said this. Every time people cast Instagram influencers saying, well, they've got 1.2 million followers, we can mm. get those ratings. Never, ever, exactly. ever works. Yep. Philip, is that the only problem going on here or is there more to it? Well, well, I think the problem with Instagram or social media stars is that by by the very definition of what they are, they're used to controlling their environment, their yep. image. They yes. they sculpt what they want to be. Yes, it, you yes. know, it is very That's much right. smoke and mirrors. And as you know, 
meet a social media star, they're not going to look like their Instagram feed, I can assure you. And um, you're usually quite disappointed. I would think they found it very confronting that maybe they just didn't think it through, like, oh, okay, we're not going to be in control. We're just going to be reduced to a normal contestant on that show. And and perhaps they realised they just weren't very good at it. I don't know. But it kind of gives the reality, the format, a bad name, really, doesn't it? And Mm. we feel cheated as the viewer. And and can I just say, the people they get to replace them in the block are fantastic. And you actually go, why weren't that? These are two real people. I'm so sick of, I'm almost to the point where if anyone says we've cast an Instagram person, a a social media influencer, boom, boom, I'm not going to watch that shit because I'm over it. It's lazy casting and Australia deserves better. And this is why reality TV shows are going down the gurgler. And when reality dies and nobody watches it, what is left of the Australian television industry? We've just cancelled Neighbours, Home and Away is there, plugging along. We've got nothing left. Yes, we do. Repeats of Friends. Um, the, yeah, <laughs> the unfunniest sitcom in the world. Oh, d- uh, Robbo. Anyway, before we get into it, like we're not Jesus. in the binge box just yet, friends. Uh, uh, just a quick, uh, a quick sort of a- alignment. The the lady in that couple that left the block was the Instagram person. Her husband, who has been roped into it, is a former AFL player. So he has a profile oh. in and of his his own that I'm sure played into part of the casting decision. However, I would expect that Julian Chris, David Barber, the executive producers, and, and now the casting for the block will change their approach just simply out of this interaction with that couple and their very quick exit. Certainly it made headlines and when sorry, they... to not even stay there to say goodbye mm. and do a runner in the middle of the night, That's throw some it. balls, own up and say, yeah, we don't want to be part of this. But the way they did it is beyond contempt. They did say they had a family emergency. Yes. Bullshit! They, they did say that they were exiting to go and be with a, a, a per, one of their family members who had fallen ill quite suddenly and they needed to be a part of that. And I acknowledge that um, Scott Cam, who's become the mouthpiece for this whole argument from the block's point of view, has gone on record and saying they didn't tell us. We gave them heaps of opportunity to tell us. Why didn't they tell us? We would have supported them and even stopped the show at as in mm. the filming of the show, yeah, as we've done bullshit. in the past, what the, to help their support them in that. Um, well, they are certainly, they. I think for the first time in a long time, they've become the block's bad guys. And they are in a position now where the block are milking it for as much as they can because they know that come Sunday night, they have a very hefty set of competition lining up against them. So when they do launch, um, they need to have some reason that people are going to want to tune in. And if the difference is Nigella versus... Let's see the couple that, you know, pissed off the block and bugged out super quick. If that's your in, that's your opportunity, then, again, it's a more a marketing ploy than any substance of the show. Yeah, it works on that front. Still to come on TV Black Box, we farewell two television legends. Big changes at Channel 10's parent company, Paramount, and our verdict on the Neighbours finale when we open the TV binge box. Watch out, Melissa. <laughs> Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches. After Raphael Anacino's sudden departure from Paramount Global last month, his replacement has been announced as Pamela Kaufman appointed president and CEO of International Markets, Global Consumer Products and Experiences. Wish I had that uh, on my LinkedIn. I don't know what that means. But anyway, her role includes <laughs> overseeing international operations across six continents, including Network 10 in Australia. The newly created role of ABC Ombudsman has been appointed to Fiona Cameron, whose previous credits include authority member at the ACMA and chief operating officer at Screen Australia. The role was created in response to the independent review of the ABC complaints handling procedures. After three years in the role, CEO of Screen Queensland, Kylie Munich, will depart in October to relocate to Sydney. No replacement has yet been announced, with recruitment reportedly having commenced immediately. And in sad news this week, the entertainment industry lost two iconic performers. Michelle Nichols passed away of natural causes at age 89. Her groundbreaking portrayal of Lieutenant Uhura in Star Trek was one of the first examples of a black female lead on US television. Add to that an episode in 1968 where she locked lips with Captain James T. Kirk, making it one of the first interracial kisses on our screens. Legendary British actor Bernard Cribbins also passed away this week at age 93. He is best known for his work on The Wombles and Doctor Who, where he first played the Doctor's Companion in 1966 and then returned 41 years later in a different role. And that is this week's Multicultural Hatches and Dispatches. Just a point of order there, Robert. Bernard Cribbins played the Doctor's Companion in a movie of Doctor Who, so it wasn't part of the official Doctor Who. Hey, 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 cutie. It's all television, uh, like. Yeah, but like every other presenter in this industry, I didn't write that. I just read it off the auto cue. <laughs> he was in Doctor Who. He wasn't. He was in the movie, which was a spin-off of Doctor Who. wasn't part of the official canon of Doctor Who. What was Doctor the movie Who. called? Doctor Who, <laughs> the Daleks Invasion of Earth 2050, and Doctor Who and the Daleks was the first one. Oh, I see, Roger. Roger. Um, it was originally titled Doctor Who and the Fuck You Robbo. <laughs> and, and also, he will be making another appearance in Doctor Who because he's just filmed scenes with David Tennant no, no, for the oh upcoming series As of Doctor Who. As a dead man? Wait, wait, Leah. Like most of uh, presenters pre- in Australia, Rob also didn't read the audio cue properly. Uh, Rob, he's dead, mate. Yes, he's already <laughs> shot it. Yeah, he's Robert? shot. Yeah, that's so right. So when, when you record on a digital format or film back in the day, it uh, means that after you die, your image still stays on that film. So it can be used. And he has... Shots of some them? Doctor Who episodes. So he filmed the, the, the scenes before he died, is what you're saying, Rob? Yes, and that wasn't they might clear. have done a bit of Weekend at Bernie style with him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, All Matthew. Right. It's time to open the TV binge box and we'll get to our group binge, the Neighbours finale, in just a moment. But first of all, let's find out what everyone's been watching. Matthew, what's been on your viewing list this week? And remember, only two shows. Only two, which is good because I've been very busy this week, so I haven't been able to watch a lot. 
Um, been watching The Office on Netflix and Stan. UK or US? US, always US in, in my household. Very Netflix funny. Netflix or Stan, which one? It's on, it's it's on, on both. eBay. Oh, I've been it's watching on, on eBay. Netflix. <laughs> Netflix, Netflix is my my streaming streaming option of choice, um, but you can watch it on Stan if you're so Stan inclined. Um, so that one's very funny. You can't beat Steve Carell, like seriously, like so mm. freaking funny. Mm. Uh, the other one I've been watching is one that I can't recommend to any site. It's because it's the American Big Brother, and you can't watch that in Australia. That one's been really good. Um, so if if someone finds the means to do that, um, I think this season's shaping up to be a good one. And Matthew, what do you make of the fact that it's now official? Big Brother is coming back to the UK in 2023 and it will be live evictions. It will be the kind of format back to basics we know. I've got a feeling they're going to include some of the Australian challenges. I I reckon that's going to play a part of it. But I think it's going to be the... Uh, by the sounds of it, it's going to be the format. Is that what Seven needs to do if it is indeed bringing Big Brother back? Absolutely. Seven, I hope you're listening. All right. Philip, what have you been watching and who was the uh, gaffer on this episode? Oh, God. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> uh, well, if, if that's a crime reference... Um... <laughs> uh, I did watch the thing about... Sorry, Pam. Melissa, that's an in-joke. Apologies. I did watch the thing about Pam on Stan, which is a base, well, based on real life. Uh, Renee Zellweger plays the lead role of um, Pam Hupp, who is the best. That's good, that film. It was so good. It was so very disturbing watching, very annoying (laughs) sort of viewing, but she's so good at the role. It's, um, yeah, it's a really, really good piece of television. Uh, And then I. Uh, watched the complete. I spent a whole weekend watching Paramount Plus's The First Lady, which is uh, focuses on the lives of Michelle Obama, Eleanor Roosevelt, and Betty Ford, uh, Viola Davis, Gillian Anderson, and Michelle Pfeiffer in the lead roles. It's absolutely amazing. Apparently, the critics don't like it. Think it's a weird format. And just today, it's been announced that it won't go to a series two. But I still think series one is well worth a watch. Melissa, what have you been watching? Uh, well, this week, uh, Neighbours, I had to watch the finale. No one um, made you, the Melissa. You chose to and that's fine. <laughs> True. Yeah, I wanted to. <laughs> that's the only time I turned it on. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't miss that. <laughs> the rest of Australia. Here we go. Actually, that's an interesting uh, uh, question, uh, Melissa. Do yes. You, so you, you never used to watch Neighbours? Oh, no, 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 I did, yeah. I mean, I grew up watching Neighbours, then next minute, boom, I'm on it. Um, yeah, but do you not like was... watching yourself or? Oh, no, I do. I just try and rally my family members and they're like, no, we don't want to watch you. We know what you're like. <laughs> 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 we don't need to. Uh, <laughs> or they think this is um, life imitating art. Or life imitating art. <laughs> um, did you watch yeah, anything so... else or was it all Neighbours Obsessed? Yeah, just all neighbours this week. Fair enough. Robbo, yep. what were you watching this week? I've got to agree with Belly. We are in sync, aren't we? We're BFFs from a long, long way back. Oh, gosh, uh, we are. We are. We are. I've only watched the Neighbours finale, which I've got to say, I'm going to save it for more of the uh, binge box. I was a home and away guy, but I watched home and uh, I watched Neighbours and I, I enjoyed it, but I've got a few notes. So that okay. make the next We'll come to better. that in just a moment. Mm-hmm. This right. week I've been watching some preview episodes of The Block, which uh, is launching this week on Channel 9. I too, Rob. And 
I've got to say, I, I'm, I'm in, and and I've got to be honest, I haven't really watched much of the block over the years. I know it's been going for eighteen years, and I've sort of dipped in and out, Same. and I always yep. like what I see. <laughs> but I, having watched episode uh, a few episodes this year already, I'm invested, and I actually want to see where it goes. And so I, it's. Mock, you'll probably tell me it's the same as it is every year, but I don't watch it every year. But I really like it. It's a great format. Um, it's spoilers. It's not because it's bigger, Rob. Ah, uh, well, it's funny. It, it's a show that takes uh, the piss out of itself. And Scott Cam mm-hmm. actually said, "I know I say it's the biggest block ever, and you're sick of me here saying it, but it really is this year." But he does it in an offhanded way that takes the piss out of itself. I really liked his style and the way he does his presenting for this show. Um, the other thing, uh, the other thing I've really been watching is Doctor Who, the 20, 2005 series onwards. I've been reliving that. I've just finished. Um, is that Journey's part of the End. canon? Rather, sorry, is that part of the canon or is yes, that not it part, is of part of the, of the canon? canon? Thank you very yeah, much. Thank you. Thank and weirdly, I was watching Bernard Cribbins, uh, some of his episodes, and he really was just a brilliant part of Doctor Who. And we love him and Michelle Nichols, who uh, did a great job in Star Trek. Mark, what have you been watching? Uh, not a part of my two shows, Rob. I also watched The Block with you and have enjoyed the episodes that I've seen. That starts Sunday, Sorry, what, 7 o'clock. sleepover? No. You two had a sleepover? Well, I mean, I watched it together. <laughs> given the opportunity every time. Um, that starts yeah, 7 o'clock Sunday night on 9, um, <laughs> just to keep in with the marketing. Uh, but then so do a whole bunch of shows. The, the two that I want to talk about this week, and I will keep it to two, Rob, because you're such a bitch. Um, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul is in its final, final episodes, and the writing is amazing from Vince Gilligan. Uh, the 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 latest episode that dropped today, podcast recording time, is the third last episode ever, and it is incredible. And without any spoilers, this is when we meet Walt and Jesse in this prequel series. <sighs> Um, so it is on for young and old for these last Love few it. episodes. It's just been amazing. That's available to you on Stan. The entire series is there, as well as the entire series of Breaking Bad, should you choose to watch it. Um, the other thing that I've been watching uh, and I've been really enjoying, Friday nights on SBS Viceland, they're playing Seth MacFarlane. Sorry, I really stumbled on that. Seth MacFarlane's sci-fi series, The Orville which is, I think, in its final season as well. Uh, And the most recent episode really, I mean, this season has been hitting some incredible notes about racial equality, around um, uh, people being able to make choices around who they are and the way they live their lives and all of those sorts of things. It's been really incredible. And I think picked up from some of that, uh, and it tips a tat more than once to the work that Star Trek put in in the early days around trying to show that we can live as, you know, one people no matter who we are or the colour of our skin. Uh, and that's continuing through the Orville. Loving that on SBS Viceland. I also watch Neighbours. Um, it's interesting, Mark. I've seen a lot of commentary that the Orville does Star Trek better than Star Trek. Yep. And uh, it's interesting. I I did watch some of the first season. I think I'll go back to it and have another look at it. And, and how many seasons Three. has it done? This is the third season, Rob, and I believe... But you said final. Why uh, is it finishing up? Seth MacFarlane has, has made noises that uh, that this will be the final season as far as, as far as his involvement goes. It may continue. Uh, he's left the door open for other seasons to be made, but him and the crew of the Orville uh, appear to be wrapping. And who knows how it will wrap, but this week we'll find out, this Friday night on SBS Viceland. Mm-hmm. I did watch heaps of other shows, but I just tried to keep to the two. 
Good man, good man. Um, Don't all right, that brings us to our right. group binge. And this week, what else could it be except the Neighbours finale? This week, we bid farewell to our good neighbours. They became good friends over 37 years, oh. but now it was time to say goodbye. Yeah. They were the perfect blend, there's no doubt about that. And it was oh. a pitch-perfect episode. It had everything. And hats off to Guy Pierce, who came back and did a whole story arc and really, Australia fell in love with this guy for what he gave to Neighbours at the end of its run. I know we all watched it. Melissa will save your commentary for a bit. But, Philip, what did you think? Uh, yeah, as someone who's never watched Neighbours in my entire life... Uh, what? I still, what? I, sorry, <laughs> Melissa, I just haven't. I grew up on Home and Away and Neighbours just always seemed a little bit daggy, you know? Um Anyway, uh, oh, we were friends. <laughs> ex friends. Um, ex friends. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. I actually really loved it. And, you know, it, without carrying on, it's such a fabric of Australian life that you know that a lot of the characters, you vaguely know some of the storylines. Mm. Uh, and as a, as a person that didn't watch Neighbours, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was amazing the number of old faces that popped up. I know there's been huge criticisms of the small role um, Jason and Kylie played, but then, I don't know, in 90 minutes, what do you do? You have to credit a lot of people. And uh, Look, I I didn't find any aspect of it disappointing. I I really loved it. Uh, Robbo, what did you think? For someone who has made a living off their voice, Kylie Minogue (laughs) was quite as a mouse, and I didn't care for it. Maybe she had polyps. We don't know from which end she might have had those polyps. Mm. You can have both ends. Stop it. Uh, I I thought it was ridiculous um, for what her part was. Uh, and, and this is the big thing about for me, and, and it goes also back to the Melissa George syndrome, and that is just appreciate your start, all right? So yeah. uh, wait, Rob, appreciate your start. And for me, Guy Pierce was someone who just... He's an actor. Mm. He did the job. He was booked for a job and he did it well. He never once looked like as if it was beneath him. Um, And we know, like anyone who's watched morning television for the past 50 years would know that that Kylie and Jason are just the clip that is replayed whenever you're talking about the history of Neighbours. To have her come along and really do nothing for the story, I I just thought it was rubbish. And I I think it reflects badly on her. Um, What you get with Guy Pearce is an actor who uh, got booked for a job, appreciated where he came from and delivered really, really well. Mm. And and I thought that was fantastic. I, I think it would have been better if Kylie and Jason didn't turn up at all. I, I, I think it, it ruined their brand or, or tarnished their brand more than them being there because they didn't do anything. Now, I understand that in this kind of world, uh, a cameo is really big, and I get that. We didn't get it. We didn't even get a cameo. Like, all we got was um, we could have shot their scenes on a blue screen and we could have got them from one of her concerts and from him from one of his appearances on a panel show in in Britain and we could have cut them together and it would have been, uh, you know what, it would have had more heart and more soul than what they did where they actually came down and filmed it. It was absolutely 
god awful and I think it was rubbish. They for, committed for to a away. day's filming. Isn't it, it up to the no, script no, no, no. writers? No, and and in fairness on. to them, uh, no, 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 TV I'm Tonight gonna... has the interview with the executive producer and he said, we filmed these scenes before I'd even written the finale, so I had to plan it in such a way that I could build uh, everything else around the it. there is the problem, Rob. There is the problem. That's true. I, no, no, I don't believe that because if you watch the show, I've never watched Neighbours before and I accept that. Um, but uh, there, you, you can film a lot in a day for a show that works in this way. And I think that if, as an executive producer, if you were able to get back two of the biggest people that bring neighbours, you know, everywhere on the map, then you would write it better. I don't believe that. I think that that is not correct because, Rob, and I think that, and anyone really on this panel, if if Kylie and Jason said, yep, all right, we'll do it, you've only got a day with us, those shows shoot very very quickly. That's the way that they live. Mm. Uh, Belly, you would be able to talk to us more about the shooting schedules because you, you you've agree done with it him, so, Melissa? for so long. But what? I just think that uh, if you had those back, you would write it more. For him I, to say think, that he only had that. I mean, I was da- I was there on the ground filming and the finale was not written because it was so up in the air of who's coming back. And it was literally like, what's the, what's the finale going to be? And Jason, the EP is a friend of mine. um, And he was the writer of the finale. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't written at that point because they were still juggling who was going to be turning up and how it was going to end. So it was very, I think they had lots of different plotting sessions and it was still all up in the end. It wasn't written until like the very end. And I actually liked the way they integrated them. I thought, considering you had one day's filming, how you managed to get them for multiple points throughout the uh, filming and make it look as though they were there at that street party looking from the balcony, Mm. I actually thought was very, very clever because it would have Mm. been a logistical nightmare when you're having to film something when you haven't written the actual finale of the show. Yes, and I know that was all up in the air because we were all asking, you know, where's the final scripts and it just wasn't released. It wasn't even written. So, yeah. You're not buying it, Robbo. It's true. I, 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 no, I, Belly, I, I completely respect you and, and obviously understand that you, you have had a lot of time on the ground with these kind of shows. Uh, and I've, I've had very limited, I, I've been to the Neighbours set a couple of times, uh, been to the Bob and the Beautiful set and they film in a similar fashion. Mm. I just think, though, that if you're a carpenter and you have been given the best mahogany in the world, you're going to, you know, craft something pretty bloody well with mm. the mahogany that you've got in the time that you've got. And I, I just, I, I can't imagine that when you, when you've got those two pieces, and and there were many other people, obviously. But I think the whole storyline was Mike and Jane. Which I understand that. No, I understand the, that. The but I just arc think of it all, if, you know, that perfect. was like. It no, was no, all I, I, just was fitting so much into ninety minutes. Is yeah. like. Mm. No, Billy, and I agree with you. I, I really do, and I think that that what they did there was wonderful. And and again, I I don't know the background to that storyline, but I bought into it wholeheartedly. Yeah. And it was beautiful, and they mm. were fantastic. Mm. But I just think that if you've got, say, it's eight hours to shoot or ten hours to mm. shoot with the people from the bloody clip that is shown mm. so many times mm. on television, you would just you'd write something. And and you'd be able to pick it apart from that. That that's all I'm saying. But but, but again, Billy, I, I I extend to you so much respect. You know how those shooting schedules work. I don't. 
Um, but th- but that's all I'm. I'm well, I think about. especially just to the ending because it was so up in the air. Were sure. they coming back? Were they? You know. Yeah, yeah. It's just combining. Which I respect as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it was mm. very difficult. Matthew, what did you think? Um, I just you know, have to disagree. I'm a bit like with you, Rob. I-, I liked how all the cameos were done. I'm glad it wasn't like a just a throw in. Oh, look who's popped back. Oh, and so is so and so. So we had like, uh, sorry, is it Holly Valance and Natalie Imbruglia over in, in Britain? Yep. I thought that was nice. You had the people on video, Margot Robbie, Kim Valentine, etc. Yeah. Then you had a Guy Pierce's Mike had come up for a full arc. I thought it was really clever. When I first started, I thought, oh, this is just going to be throwing all these cameos and look who showed up, as I said. But yeah. I really like the different ways each person returned. And I do like how uh, Jason and Kylie returned. I did think it was odd that Kylie didn't talk as much. Not necessarily. I think Jason was fine. He had gr- enough lines to fill what he was doing. But I think f- for Kylie, it was like, mate, you can talk here. Like, you're allowed to say, <laughs> oh, this, this. Like, it just it, it felt just weird. Talk, like, there were mate. opportunities where she could speak and she didn't. Mm, However, yeah. their actual cameos themselves and where they were placed, I thought it was fine. I think we have to remember that when, when people leave shows, they're given an ending, they're, they're given a goodbye. So when they come back in the finale and it's all about them, well, what about your existing cast? What, you know, what about the people yeah. that are currently making the show? Mm. I think it's important that we remember and we stick with them. So throw in your Scott and Charlene cameo that's just them driving up and then this big hugging scene. I thought that was fine because if you're going to spend time on them, you're only appeasing the nostalgia. Like, let's not forget where you are right now and the people that are committed to the the programming right now. You have one actor who, who came back for a big arc, which is great. Mm. It makes sense for a current... Uh, actor on the show but everyone else just throw in a couple of lines like I- i'm not fussed with that i thought it was really clever mark um was it Stephen dennis rob on the logies red carpet that told you that he had the final line of neighbors no he said he was in the final scene right no. cool no my my misunderstanding because if he told you the final <laughs> line he fibbed um yeah, no he never said that he he said he was in the final scene and made the point that he'd been in the opening the original opening scene of neighbors sure. which he was. Which is true. And I went yep. and watched that because I was like, so, and I was thinking, oh, they're going to end with a dream sequence because that's the opening <laughs> scene of Neighbours when it started on Channel 7. But he just meant he's in the big wide shot as everyone's waving at the drone. Yeah, everybody was. Um, yeah. Look, there, there's two parts to my opinion on this. One is that I've got some friends who are like Neighbours fanatics and and I absolutely defer to them and they felt that the finale and, and the final week particularly gave them everything that they wanted oh, as lovely. long-term That's viewers. Good. They love they that. loved it. They thought mm. that everything, the inclusion of past stars and current cast and how that storyline all molded together was beautiful. And, and they, they sincerely and dearly miss that Neighbours is no longer on, on our tellies. So hooray and, and great that the fan service was delivered. I thought that was wonderful. Mm. I will acknowledge that the this is the finale three episodes, the 90-minute block, was the first episode of Neighbours I've watched in probably about 20 years, maybe a bit longer. Like um, a lot of people, mate. Just mm. in and out, right? Like as in a whole episode. I, I, I'm not used, and, and, and the finale could be an exception to the rule. It was super quick. 
Like they were jumping just scene to scene yes. to scene to scene to yeah, scene. Yeah, it was a lot of cutting uh, in and yeah. out. Like we, we go to Lassiter's to hear, you know, Paul O'Brien say one line and then we're cutting back to somewhere else and we're all over the shop. I just yeah, found that a little a bit to get difficult to keep up in a couple of situations. Absolutely yeah. loved the Guy Pierce um, oh, uh, storyline that Mike's return and, you know, professing his love for Jane. I thought that was delightful. I also loved that it was a throwaway line. Um, the young actor that plays Sam, uh, it turns out Mike's daughter, who works at mm. Lasseter's, when uh, Mike makes mention of Ramsey Street, she turns to him and says, mm. it's a court, not a street. Yeah. <laughs> and he just kind of that says, yeah, we never really talked about that, did we? Um, and Like a beautiful little touch and, and all of those sort of moments. And there are lots of Easter eggs for fans throughout the show. I thought it was wonderful. I, too, was absolutely caught up in the Kylie Jason I'll call it fiasco. Um, And look, I understand he only had them for a day and he filmed what he could and tried to make it as generic and general as possible with some great hat tips to their entry and certainly Kylie Minogue's entry into Neighbours to make that stuff kind of play through. Mm. Um, Even down to the the Coffs Harbour um, little key ring hanging from the rear vision mirror of the Mini, Mm. that's where Imagine Charlene came from. Yes. Uh, the close-up on the number plate that just said Sunshine State and then it cuts directly to the Coffs Harbour key yes. I mean, why isn't Neighbours realistic? I mean, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> I couldn't Coffs Harbour's not in Queensland. I know, really. They need to work on their geography. <laughs> I, I, I she think... got it on the drive down, Robbo. Come on, big I think fella. politely they oh. could have wished. She stopped at the big pineapple. Yeah. Probably, probably the big banana belly, but <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Sorry, you're you're Where's you're part the big pineapple? It's at Nambour in Queensland. Queensland. But you're talking about the big pot, uh, the big banana. In big Coffs banana, Harbor. that's it. Yeah. yeah, great. Well done. We've sorted that out. Um, I think the difficulty. Sorry about that. It's, you're totally fine. The difficulty was that they probably needed to spend an extra half an hour working out how they could take the stuff they had filmed with Jason and Kylie, and and plug it into the script a little better because. It really, you could have not had them in it and it would have been just as fine, though everybody would have asked, where was Scott and Charlene? I think everyone was wanting it. Uh, of sure. course, but they I turn up, that. they check all the houses, everybody's out at the wedding, they don't know where everyone is, and then Why were the they there, party's Rob? happening. Why did Sorry? Scott and Charlene come back to Erinsborough? They took a trip to Melbourne um, to visit some old friends, thought they'd prop by their old stomping ground. That's, and not, went, what, that's not it at all. Apparently they'd been invited to come and see someone because they bought a house. No, no I didn't. I didn't. I missed that. But guys, thoughts and prayers. Kylie had laryngitis, or she lost her <laughs> voice, or something. Thoughts and prayers. Benadryl, darling. A little bit of lem sip and a lot of rest. All right, Melissa. I'm going to give the final word on the neighbours finale to you. Uh, you said you never saw a final script. You got to watch it. Presumably with friends and family, it would have been a very big deal to see the final episode. What did you think and how did you feel? Oh, look, I was really excited um, to to actually watch it and see how it all comes together because literally I didn't see, the, you know, I had the script but not the whole final mm. script. So I was really intrigued to see the ending and how it was all going to come together. Um, yeah, so it was really special. Um, yeah, and I had a watch party in my bedroom. <laughs> Amazing. How many people did you have in your bedroom? <laughs> Just me. <laughs> Nobody else in the um, family cared, Billy? No, I couldn't. Um, 
Oh, here's my dog. I couldn't um, get them to come in and watch. <laughs> wow. Just like That's when you know they say. take your acting for granted. Mama just made um, the next house payment and they can't even turn up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, I see you all the time. Whatever, Mum. Chill out. You're yeah. not bad at something. At least Kylie did a tweet. She did tweet just before the finale. She did say, but it wasn't you know, a, it wasn't a vocal time. tweet. There was no audio. No, was it? no, it was right. typed. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> typed. I think social oh media managers. God. The important thing it. is that it underlined that all of that effort that Charlene had put into her mime career after moving to Queensland really paid <laughs> off. <laughs> she can do it. Rob, just before we do the goodbyes, um, I've, I've just got a confession to make. I did that thing where you follow someone on Twitter and then they don't respond quick enough. So then you unfollow and follow again so they get the notification. So we're just going to cross now live to uh, Billy. Hey, Billy. <gasps> me? Yeah, I oh did it twice. Yeah, they did this to me a... the other week, Melissa. It's just He just tries to intimidate yeah, you. I do. That's, that's right. <laughs> Where I do is do that. Twitter? Oh Robo, this is not your get more Twitter followers. So uh, <laughs> I, I also right. followed your belly, and I've got no response either. But you know, Robo's oh, not his pack alone. All right, that brings us to the end Follow. of TV Black Box, the podcast. Uh, who's doing the group binge next week? Matthew, have you got one for us? I do. I mentioned it last week. I was tossing and turning. What should I Episodes pick? Episodes 23 and 24 of, of season 6 of 30 Rock. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. No, no, no. So I mentioned it last week. I'm, I'm going to pick the 100, and I think we're going to do um, the first episode. I think that's where you should start. It's on Netflix. The 100 on Netflix. So not the 100 with Andy Lee. No. This is no. called The 100. The 100. This is The 100. <laughs> I thought that's what he meant. I'm like... Well, that's on nine. And this is the original, the original series, Matt, not the the rebooted thing. The original? I didn't know there was an original. Wait, okay, uh, so we'll just Matthew, go to the one on Netflix. No, no. We need to make sure it's, it's not in the Doctor Who movie canon? franchise. <laughs> not in canon. No, right. no, no, that brings us to the not. end of TV Black Box while they take the piss out of me. Thank you for your company. Thank you, Mulk. Thank you, Robbo. Thank you, Philip. Thank you, Matt. And a special thank you to our special yes. guest, yeah. Melissa Bell. You can thank come you. back anytime. We love you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Don't forget, for the latest TV news and lots of exclusives, go to tvblackbox.com.au. It's where people in the industry get their news. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.